Welcome to Morty Vicar, our weekly podcast about culture, theology, and life, where James and I sit down and talk about a live issue and how we, as followers of Jesus, can respond. This week, we're talking about scapegoats. What's a scapegoat, James? <laughs> we're going to find out in the next 20 minutes or so. A few weeks ago, we did a podcast on Mike Pilavachi and what happens when leaders fail. And today, we're going to push in a little bit more to the story that's building around Mike Pilavachi and Soul Survivor. And we're going to think about Philip Schofield. So first of all, James, I do feel I need to ask, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I've had a good couple of weeks off, Very so good. it's nice to be back. Um, sorry we missed last week. Um, uh, so Wayne, tell us a little bit about um, what we're going to be talking about today and how this podcast is different to the one we recorded about a month ago. So a couple of weeks ago, we recorded a podcast, which I think was specifically sort of focused for, um, well, anybody was listening, but focused on kind of Christian culture mm. and the life of Christian church and family, this side of eternity, and what happens when um, people who uh, are called to lead and are clearly um, exercising gifts that God has given them yeah. are seen to fail. Yeah. Um, and why we need to be kind of sort of, I suppose, real and open-handed about the fact that the church isn't perfect yeah. and not become disillusioned in Jesus. Yeah. Um, what we thought we'd do this week is, is then since then the, the Philip Schofield thing has happened. Yeah. Um, and we were talking, we, we were struck by similarities between the story that's emerging in the church world and um, the Philip Schofield story in terms of themes. And so what we thought we'd do this week is just talk about... Um, post-Christendom, post-modern Western world and yeah. what is going on in these types of stories about um, ab- about why we find them so upsetting and what we do to rectify how we feel about that. Great. So if you are unfamiliar with these two stories, we're just going to give a brief summary so that we know that we're on the same page in terms of understanding. So Philip Schofield, national treasure, he was a few weeks ago presenter of this morning... 30 to 40 years in um, broadcasting, Broadcasting. um, had previously come out as gay, having been in a heterosexual marriage for most of his adult life. And recent revelations were that he had had an affair with a um, fellow, with a colleague at this morning who was um, uh, four decades younger than him. And um, he had known this person before they had taken up employment at this morning. And so it was deemed that he he had um, transgressed workplace ethics and codes of conduct in doing this. So it wasn't necessarily about it being an affair or it being a gay affair. It was about the, uh, the, the power dynamic involved. And the key thing as well is not just the power dynamic involved is that Everybody claims that he had denied everything, and so he had presented yeah. one story, and, and then, then has, and so, so when I said, "How are you, James?" that was me referencing Holly Willoughby when she came back, oh, and she said, <laughs> "You don't watch this morning, do you?" No, I don't. No, neither do I. No, but no but she had yeah. said, "How are you?" and then she basically talked about him, and she called him <laughs> this person. She said his name once, and basically said yeah. they lied to us. So the big crime had been that he had lied to them all. Oh, I made a yeah, subtle joke so, and you didn't get so it. You were so subtle and I'm just elephantine in my kind okay. of... So, um, that was, that, so that's the Philip yeah. one. And, and he yeah. he has pretty much... He's, be, he's had to quit this yeah. morning. ITV have effectively sacked him. His career is and, over. And he's, So he's admitted it. Alongside that um, lies the story of Mike Pilavachi, who is the latest, as we'd said in the previous podcast, in a line of Christian leaders whose behaviour has come under investigation. So 
that investigation isn't complete. Mike Pilavacci has not made a statement as Philip Schofield has around um, a, a kind of confession. So we cannot definitively put the two stories alongside each other as similar. Um, but provisionally, we can say actually in this story around Mike Pilavacci, you've got a, a Christian leader of national and international repute who has been accused of uh, massaging interns and other colleagues at home in his flat um, and that is considered to be an abuse of power so they're not thought to have been over the age of 18 so it doesn't constitute a safeguarding issue but similarly it's an abuse of power it's thought to have been coercive um, and um, around that has come a whole heap of allegations around how he uh, would give preference to leaders and that being um, tied into their willingness to engage with him as a person in ways that are inappropriate. So, and what we don't want to do in a sense is talk about the two kind of details of these two stories, especially because one of them is something that's being investigated, but actually the same kind of themes emerge, which are both characters are seen within various different spheres as national treasures. Yeah, And heroes. both characters are seen as presenting yeah. a a self to the world mm. that uh, is one way and now definitely with philip and potentially with mike actually what they had presented to us all wasn't yeah. the truth of them um now this is not the podcast we're going to do but the but the, the first podcast i want to do on this was why philip schofield is not boris johnson yeah and that's because so let's so so one of the things we're so generation z who are the kind of the young adults in this country really one of their kind of high values is around authenticity yeah and one of the big values in kind of post-modernity and post uh, and um, post christendom west is is be true to yourself, yourself. yeah and so so therefore we have a high bar around people not pretending to be something other than they yes. are. Yeah. Even though deep down we all know that's what we're up to, but we don't like to admit it. Yes. And so, for example, let's take one very famous person, uh, Philip Schofield, s sleeps with a 19-year-old male whilst married mm. and uh, comes out as gay. And actually the big issue for us is not the fact that he's um, slept uh, with another person whilst you know had an affair mm. um it's been actually about the fact that he's been lying and and actually and potentially uh, grooming is, a, is, is possibly the wrong phrase but you know been tempted mm. kind of basically using his power to um w over somebody who's much younger than him and and the big issue we have there is you're not who you said you were whereas boris johnson has an affair whilst his whilst his wife is having cancer treatment and we make him prime minister mm. and the issue there is actually boris doesn't pretend Mm. Weirdly, Boris doesn't. He's one of the most authentic people out there in mm. a very strange way, in mm. that he's so inauthentic, in that yeah. actually we expect him to lie. Yeah. So, you know, he stands up in Parliament, he lies, and you can see like MPs yeah. behind him rolling their eyes, going, No, that's what he. So, which, so which then presents a, an issue for us as Christians, because if, if the culture around us values authenticity, but actually not um, a morality yeah. that anchors that authenticity, then you can end up promoting people who are authentic, but actually their morals are far from what's required for the role that they're in. Yeah, and interesting, on a quick aside, Michael Gove interviewed yesterday on Radio 4 quoting Shakespeare uh, about Boris, which is fascinating, said something about the, the good that you do dies with you, which actually in the gospel isn't true, mm -hmm. and the evil that you do lives on <laughs> when he was asked about Boris. And so this interesting thing that, um, you know, but, but that was why Boris and Philip yeah. are different, is that actually Philip 
and the situation Souls of Vira has been, we thought one thing, and now it's almost like the um, yeah. the Wizard of Oz. The curtain's been pulled back, and we've discovered there's something else going on, yeah. and we all feel duped. Yeah. So, Wayne, you, when we spoke about this yesterday in preparation for today, you said this leads us to thinking about the scapegoat. Take us on that journey. Okay, well, take us on the journey. So the first thing, let, let's say uh, our culture really values freedom. Mm. And we've talked about this before in the podcast, negative yeah. freedom, So, the, the, which is the freedom not to be under any constraints. Yeah. So, so when Philip came out uh, three years ago, uh, there was very little mood music around the fact, you know, there were people, you know, including Holly Willoughby, who says, now you, you lied to me, says, I will always be there for you. And uh, including um, Eamon Holmes, who's taking mm. him down from GB News mm. at the moment, saying, oh, you know, we're here to support mm. you. Because he was, he was exercising freedom yeah. to say, this is me. I am a gay man and I, yeah. I, need, to, I, need, I need to be able to express yeah. what it is to be a gay man. Yeah. And nobody went, hold on a second, what about your wife and kids yeah, yeah, and yeah. your covenant and your yeah. responsibility yeah. to them? So that's the first thing. Our culture really values freedom. It's negative freedom. It's the freedom from any constraints and the freedom to be real and authentic and to be yourself. Yeah. Until, uh, and this comes from, uh, interesting enough, um, the, our friend of the podcast, the author Tom Holland, mm. and, uh, and then also Glenn Scrivener, who's a Christian commentator, mm. who, who made this point, which is that freedom value will be trumped by other values that are yeah. held more, more dearly. And one of those ones Holland picks out is the fact that actually, because of the gospel, mm. we are, the victims have power in our culture mm. and, vi- and, and, and oppressors are to be hated. Mm. And so what's happened is Philip has moved overnight from being mm. lauded, from being a, uh, somebody who's stepped into his freedom and his yeah. authentic self to suddenly he's become an oppressor. And this 19-year-old chap, although he's a bit older now, is a victim. Mm. And it's the same thing happening in the Soul Survivor is that actually this this guy if if these investigations are proved to be correct had there are victims mm. and actually victim we don't like oppressors in the west mm. um for good yeah. reasons yeah and so so what happens and so, and so this is the whole point about um uh, i was preaching somewhere else on sunday and i quoted tim keller on this one which is when we say look inside yourself and be true to yourself mm. We think that that's just yeah. completely you, but it's not yeah. because actually your culture will tell you what inside you you can find that's all right. Yeah. So if you look inside yourself and you want to be free to express yourself sexually, mm. as long as it's not oppressing anybody, as long as it's not against mm. children, you know, as yeah. long as currently polamorous, that's all yeah. right. But if it is those, then that's not. And so, so we live in a culture that says be free until you until you crash up against our boundaries. And one of those boundaries is we don't, and for really good reasons. Mm. We don't like oppressors, and we're on the side of the victim. Now, that's in the West, but we, you, you've said in the West, but we talked about this yesterday, that it's, it's in the residue of Christendom mm. in the West, because actually there, there are, whilst we might call out uh, Harvey Weinstein, um, or the, I can't remember the name, the, the policeman that, um, uh, that killed George Floyd, um, you know, off the top of my head. So... There are those other stories in culture where the residue of the West does exactly what you say. There are other places in the West where we will turn a blind eye to oppressors and we won't stand up for victims. So, for example, um, you might think about um, clothing brands who are happy to exploit people in other parts of the world. Um, we might stand up for that, but then actually have those, have those businesses gone out of business? It's unclear. So uh, uh, we we are we're it, unless the victim is close by and makes noise to the point where there is momentum, 
actually we we can be we can be oppressors ourselves and there's a darkness we you and i talked about this I, we were trying to we were kind of working out if we knew enough about nietzsche's quoting but but um but but uh, his whole nietzsche's whole point is that if you kill god you have to we have to become yeah. gods ourselves and so yeah. he talks about the, the ubermensch but a a a kind of a class of man by that he means humanity but also when he was writing he probably did mean man yeah that will rise up and will basically play the role of god and be the strong man um and um and in the west from time to time, and the darkest point in our history, probably 1930s Germany, yeah. is is that the Ubermensch leads us to dictators and leads us to um, to to powerful structures that have ins and outs and that cause oppression. Yeah. Um, and so, but as you pointed out, it's that actually we don't like to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and there are other cultures, yeah, beyond the West who who embody that. Um, you might think of. Um, North Korea, for example, it's easy to set up a you know them as the extreme, but actually there would be an embodiment as a nation of yes, we we might hear the stories of people who have left North Korea, who've exited a, a an oppressive regime and are victims, but, but actually the whole structure of that society is built towards supporting the oppressor. Yeah. Um, as, as we're going to get to the scapegoat, but let's get there via. So, so um, I'm going to ask you this question. So that it's not just all me talking. <laughs> why in the West do we not like oppressors, and why in the West are we on the side of victims? And then, just to give you a clue, James, uh, think Tom Holland's book. Yeah, yeah. So the start, Tom Holland starts his book Dominion. How the uh, I can't remember what the subtitle is. Anyway, Dominion, excellent book, worth reading if you haven't read it. Um, and he talks. I think he starts with a, a, a story from his time in Iraq, and he can he says actually I was able to see. ISIS, the other side of uh, it was either a valley or a plain, um, and he he was I think he was he with Yazidis or, he, or, or yeah, Christians. He was with an oppressed minority, um, and he was facing the prospect of his own death. and And it was a sharp realization for him that actually that the the cultures that he had celebrated in his academic work until that point had been the classic um, Roman Greek cultures and. Um, those cultures were cultures that elevated people who essentially set up systems of oppression and actually uh, uh, and human beings weren't equal and human um, being, yeah. men and women weren't equal um, adults and children weren't equal yeah. different ethnicities weren't equal there was no equality so and the subtitle of the book is how christianity shaped the western yeah. mind dominion how christianity shaped the western mind and his point is that essentially at at the center of christianity sorry, at the center of the western mind through 2000 years since since Christianity begins, is this move away from the oppression of Roman Greek world into um, a society that emerges where um, a, a the Christ the victim as well as Christ the victor is at, is at the centre of it, and and so it just in in the worship of one who is the victim, um, we we are acknowledging um, the importance of the weak and and the call of the gospel is towards the, the poor and the marginalized and so all, all of that he says is is deeply embedded even though he's not a christian is deeply embedded into the western mindset yeah so we carry this view that actually people are not to be oppressed people are to be cared for people yeah. are to be loved and um and we carry it deep within us and so when stories like the ones we're talking about come out something mm. in us goes this is wrong yeah um I would push a little bit further and say it's not just 2,000 years of philosophical thinking. It's also um, 
you know, our hearts are restless till we find our mm. rest in God alone. Another friend of the podcast, St. Augustine, would have said, mm. uh, and he wouldn't have said it, he did say it. Mm. Uh, and that actually, that sense that we know this is wrong because actually we, because the Bible teaches that we are image O'Day, yeah. we are all made in the image of God. And so therefore, when an image bearer is harmed by yes. another image bearer, something in us goes, that's not right. That's not right. We yeah. know that's not right. Yeah. Um, and in, what was fascinating was the week after, so Philip stepped back from this morning, I sound like I watch this more than all the time. Mm. I don't. I just watch the clips on BBC mm. uh, News. Um, and Alison Hammond, uh, famously of Big Brother fame, who's now one of the presenters, said, oh, I keep thinking of what, you know, what my mum would say. And yeah. my mum would say, let, let the Bible be your guide. Yeah. Let him who's at sin cast the first stone. Yeah. And that's the thing that these, these stories remind us all, mm. that actually if left to our own devices, we, are, we all have the potential to yes. become oppressors. And in yeah. some ways we possibly are involved in systems of oppression. Yes. And so so as much as we are appalled by these stories, mm. we we are appalled when they remind us of what we're own like. I remember Rowan Williams with the um, MP scandal talking about who yeah. hasn't stolen a pencil from, yeah, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. church from yeah. the office. Yeah. You know, if you could steal a duck house yeah. you would. For all have sinned and fallen short, short of the, the glory, glory of Christ. So we so we can't throw the first stone. Um, but interestingly in that story he doesn't throw a stone. No. So what we need to do is we need to um, we need to rid ourselves of the toxin. We mm. need to expunge the sin. We need to remove the sin. We need to rid ourselves of the toxin. We need to become whole again. Yes. Now our Western world might not talk about it like that, but we do need to come whole again. So Holly needs to. Oh, yeah. Let's get back. Let's let's let. And so so yeah. Holly's not not to get closer to God, but to honour what He has done for us. Let's just be clear in case. Yeah, we yeah. Slip that, into that's it. Christian perspective. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm talking about in our culture. Uh, yeah, we just yeah, need, yeah. what we yeah. need to do in our culture is we need to expunge the sin. We need yeah. to remove the sin so that we can be clean. Yes. And so what we do in our culture is we yeah. cancel. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, in cancelling, yeah. so I'm not at the gospel yet, James. Yeah, sorry. In cancelling, what we're doing is we're going, there was this virus that got into the system. Yes. And it's kind of like a philosophical radiotherapy, chemotherapy, or, yeah. or blast operation. We're going to remove it, yeah. and then we're going to be whole. So Philip Schofield's brother has gone to jail for underage sex, but the yeah. gap in the age between him and his brothers in terms of Philip's activities is only nine years. So, yeah. it's, so interesting enough, again, when you talk about abuse of power and oppression, it's, it's a legal line as opposed to potentially yeah. an actual line. Philip has basically said, my brother is dead to me. That's Philip cancelled his brother a few months ago. Yeah. And now Philip himself has been cancelled. And so, that, so that's what our culture does, is you've done wrong, we'll cancel you. Mm. And in cancelling you we will uh, erase you completely and then we'll be all right. And that's what happened when Holly came back to this morning. She said, are you okay? And then she said, you know, we miss Philip. And then she refused to, she didn't name him by name again. Yeah, and then they, he was, they yeah. had lied to us. Yeah. They had let us down. They have lost everything they love. Yeah. And, the, and then uh, and you need to watch the Armstrong and Miller mm. um, Blue Peter fake apologies because then mm. she kind of turned to the lady next to and go, hey, what are we doing today? Well, hey, Gino's coming in to cook us some food, mm. you know, and we yeah. just move on. And so we cancel. And, and that cancelling is is a recognition that there is sin has got into the camp. Yeah, and it's got and to get out of the camp. And it's got to get out of the camp. Yeah. And the only way to get out of the camp is to cancel this person forever. Now, you're using the word camp, which is a bit of a, you know, the, the camp. There's a bit of a, a, a lead there towards um, a story from the past. Yeah. So Philip scapegoated his brother mm. uh, and cancelled his brother. Yeah. Philip has now been cancelled. Holly has cancelled Philip. But actually, interesting enough, if it emerges in the coming weeks that Holly knew all about this, mm. she will be cancelled. Mm. And where does this end? Mm. Um, we went to Leviticus 16. So the, the people of Israel have been freed from slavery. 
Mm. Uh, it is an act of God. There is no way they could have mm. done it. Ten plagues followed by um, Pharaoh's army being defeated in the waters mm. of the Red Sea, uh, and they're on their way to the promised land. And um, in Leviticus 16, they're told about this act that they're supposed to, to, to complete yearly around mm. the scapegoat. And what the scapegoat in the Old Testament is, is um, uh, I think it was, uh, I haven't got the Bible over in front of me. So if I'm getting, if any academic theologians are listening and I get this slightly wrong, please forgive me. But um, but they would they would sacrifice a lamb. But there was another la- there was another there was a goat, and the priest would lay his hands on the head of the goat, signifying the sins of the people of Israel, mm. and then the goat would be th- kicked out of the camp or out of the city and into the wilderness to die with the sins of the people on their head. And so what was happening was the sins were being transferred from the people to this goat that was then being removed from the community of the people to die with their sins. Mm. And that's what we did to Philip. That's what we've done to Philip. It's what Philip did to his brother. And it's what we would do to someone like Holly if we discover that she's known all about this. And this cycle will just carry on, carry on, until there is a scapegoat who deals with sin once and for all. And, and Leviticus 16 is a picture of the cross. Jesus is our true and better goat from Le- uh, Leviticus 16, mm. is that Jesus is the one who goes outside of the city, crucified mm. outside of the city. And mm. on him, uh, we all like sheep have gone astray. Mm. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Jesus is our true and better scapegoat, that, um, that when he dies, all of our sins are laid upon him. This, so Islam and Christianity have this in common. There is a judgment at the end based mm. on the sins of human being. The difference between Islam and Christianity is that judgment has been brought forward in Christianity to the cross, and absolutely everything mm. is dealt with at the cross. Yeah. And, and so Jesus is our true and better scapegoat. Outside the camp, dies with all of our sins on him. But unlike the scapegoat from Leviticus 16, or Philip, he comes back mm. because actually he is the scapegoat who doesn't deserve to die. Mm. And so he, death cannot hold him. Mm. So the illustration often used is almost like there's a do- death as a front door and Jesus goes in through the front door of death mm. uh, with, with all of our sins and then death kind of, and then the door gets closed and death suddenly realizes that, oh my word, I've, I've let life in. Mm. And life, like light in darkness, death cannot hold life. And mm. basically Jesus blows a back hole, blows a hole out of the back wall, of back, you know, a hole in the wall of the back wall of death and then walks out of it. Mm. And, then, and then says to all of us, because we all have to go through that door mm. at some point, you don't have to stay here, you can come with me back into yeah. life. And so this is where, so Jesus is the scapegoat who dies for all of our sins and uh, defeats them forever and ever and ever. There is, there is no more need for scapegoating. There can be forgiveness, there can be redemption, there can be restoration in and through him. So previously we've talked about the West being an attempt at having a kingdom without a king. Mm. Um, and here what we have is a morality without a saviour. Yeah. So you have uh, the residue of um, Christian- Christianity and, and Christendom playing itself out in our everyday lives. Um, even within the church, you, you've got the, some of the ways in in which we're engaging with um church leaders who have committed abuse it's almost as if we 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 forget the gospel as we engage in those in conversations around leaders who have fallen um and so we we either pretend that it isn't there or when it gets revealed we push it away and neither of those are the gospel it's not denial of sin 
nor the removal of sin. Um, actually, what, what we have in Jesus is another way. A woman caught in adultery, uh, he, who condemns you? Uh, leave your life of sin and sin no more. Mm. So Jesus doesn't deny what she's been doing, but he doesn't counsel her because he's going to take us into the cross and he invites her into a new life, leave your life of sin, mm. um, you know, and sin no more. But then we've also got his, you know, one of his best mates who denies him three times. And mm. then he says three times, he says, Peter, do you love me? Because mm. I need, I, I want you to leave my sheep. And that's the thing that the gospel gives us the ability yeah. to do is to, to speak truth mm. and to be clear about the call to holiness, the need for mm. forgiveness, all mm. of our sin, and then not to judge mm. anybody else and to invite everybody in. Mm. And so whether you are a victim of an abuser mm. or an abuser, that you, you, we all need Jesus because it's only in Jesus that we will find the solution mm. for what we want. So, mm. so if you are a victim of an abuser, if you cancel the abuser, um, that will deal with a small part of your story, but it won't bring the healing and the restoration no. that you need for all of eternity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and interesting enough, and you're, and you're still, you're left, you're left trying to work your own life out and not to become an abuser yourself in some ways yeah. or not to open your... Yeah. And if you are the oppressor, um, you don't have to be counselled because he was counselled for you. But the way in for everybody is that thing with, actually, is, it's what Peter had to face on the beach with Jesus and what the woman caught in adultery had to face when she stared him eye to eye, which is, I need you. Mm. And when he invites you not to leave, to leave your old life in his mm. strength, that you can say yes. Yeah. So, as we end, Alison Hammond, um, the... Philip Schofield substitute um, with um, her mother's advice about satnav. Satnav, the Bible being her satnav, is right in a way, but actually we need more than the Bible. We need Him. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.